This is AgriPulse Drive Time, brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of agriculture. Learn more at fb.org. Good afternoon, I'm Ben Nully. House Democrats are supporting a lawsuit filed in federal court in Washington, D.C. The lawsuit is challenging the Trump administration's rule eliminating state flexibility to issue waivers for supplemental nutrition assistance program benefits. Speaking at a press conference outside the Capitol today, House Rules Committee Chair Jim McGovern says support for the lawsuit is simple. For decades, Congress has reaffirmed SNAP's importance as a pathway out of poverty for millions of Americans, including most recently in the 2018 Farm Bill, when we explicitly rejected attempts to enact these cruel policies. House Ag Nutrition Subcommittee Chair Marsha Fudge says she thought SNAP was settled in the 2018 Farm Bill. But sadly, we have a lot of sore losers in Congress who are just trying to circumvent the will of the Congress of the United States. What happened to the USDA's model of do right and feed everyone? I believe everyone means everyone. It means farmers and line cooks and bus drivers. It means roughnecks and longshoremen, teachers, nurses, and janitors. Subcommittee ranking member Dusty Johnson watched the press conference and disagrees with Fudge and McGovern. We heard today that, oh, you know, this hurts people in high unemployment areas. That's not true at all. There remains an exemption for high unemployment areas. We hear that all this hurts single parents. Well, that's not true at all. There is clearly an exemption for people with dependents at home. We've heard that this would eliminate state flexibility. That's clearly not true. There remains every state has a set-aside percentage of exemptions that they're able to provide just as a matter of course on the basis of, of their own determination. The challenge was filed by the District of Columbia and 15 states' attorneys general earlier this month. Rural House Democrats who supported the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement are treading lightly ahead of President Donald Trump's signing ceremony Wednesday. Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger of Virginia calls the agreement a win not for President Trump but for the American people. This trade agreement is going to be fantastic for the farmers and producers and dairies in, in our in our district. It's, it's going to be great for small and medium-sized businesses and we worked hard to make sure that it's foundational as a trade agreement moving forward in terms of the strong labor provisions, the strong environmental protections and, and this is really an example um, and a framework that I hope that we'll work off of in, in future in, in future trade agreements. Senate Finance Committee Chair Chuck Grassley of Iowa says Trump campaigned on a promise to modernize trade agreements. This agreement opens up new market access for made in America products. That means thousands of new jobs and a level playing field for U.S. farmers and manufacturers. It also creates strong protections and opportunities for American workers and innovators. Canada's parliament still needs to ratify the agreement. Grassley is confident they will do so. The Natural Resources Conservation Service chief defended USDA's handling of staffing during a House Ag subcommittee hearing today. NRCS chief Matt Lohr says the agency is currently at 8,800 employees and has a ceiling cap of 10,445. We realize that if we're going to make progress in our staffing numbers, we need to focus on those entry-level positions that are the most farmer-facing, our soil conservationists and soil contexts, our soil scientists, the ones in our district offices. So we're putting an uh, emphasis on allowing our states to put that as a priority to make sure we can have folks that are coming into the agency um, at the, that are going to be the ones that are working most directly with our farmers. He says the agency plans to hire an additional 500 employees by May. 
Subcommittee Chair Abigail Spanberger says the agency should be fully staffed to help farmers utilize conservation programs. I want to see an aggressive effort to make sure that the resources that our farmers and producers need across the country are available in the communities where they need them. And so when I'm looking at staffing numbers, my concern is and my questions are, where is the staff going? How accessible are they? And are they meeting the needs of our communities across the country? FSA Administrator Richard Fordyce was also questioned on the progress of general sign-up for the Conservation Reserve Program. CRP has an acreage cap, um, not a dollar cap. So depending on what, once the, once the offers uh, come in and, and we set that bar, that will kind of drive what our investment is in CRP uh, as, as opposed to having a dollar cap that limits us. Producers have until February 28th to enroll in general CRP. Always stay up to date with the latest agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news at agripulse.com. In Washington, I'm Ben Nully.